thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the guard frequency because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 210 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, April 20th, and made available for download on Tuesday, April 24th, 2018, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Ken Shadow. And I'm Tony. And I'm Californian streaming on such a Springs Day from Kansas somehow, but uh, Henry's here too this week, and we'll hear from him after the intro shtick read by Jeff. Go, Jeff. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook.com slash GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come join us around 10 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. And as it's all about us, do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? Please consider supporting the show by visiting our website clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we can get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on that big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek from the TV series to the MMOs, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What have we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Infinity Battlescape. Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonald on Galactic Public Radio. And after that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, as our pilots uh, do a little stunt driving. And finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flood deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Infinity Battlescape gets a new patch, and it's chock full of carriers, network fixes, and now you can be a voyeur to intergalactic destruction. Elite Dangerous is quiet. Too quiet. But it's probably because Frontier is still moving house and gearing up for the next patch already. And Star Citizen hits 2 million subscribe... Um, registra... Uh, member... People... Email addresses... Something... And we got gas. All kinds of gas. So they hit two million somethings. We never really got a... Do we ever get a really good explanation of what the two million... Uh, no, yeah, the, well, they don't, they, don't, they don't make it like... They don't, like they don't flash clear. it, but it's, it's people that have registered with the website. Okay, so it's... it's they call them website citizens. Registration. Two million citizens. Citizens, yes, citizens. But I mean, so it's, it's like... A unique email addresses. Yeah. Is that what we're going to call them? Okay. All right. Yes. So, so and people, two, people that have actually taken the time to register, given their names, email addresses, yada, 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 post in the forums. Well, I mean, and, and it could be that you're like, some people like have two or three accounts, right? They could. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I think so I there could have be like multiple accounts. <laughs> okay. So eight of the two million. So now, great. Now we got to start working backwards. Okay. Two million <laughs> minus eight. Okay. I know there's, I signed up my son and my daughter. So that's three. There's probably so 100,000. You know, something Jeff, like that. Jeff, how, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, how many accounts did you sign up for? Just one. Just the oh, okay, all right. Well, Henry, just one. They have, they do track the number. Hold on, I can probably find it. There's actually the number on the website that tells you how many people actually bought packages. That's really the interesting number. But also, uh, what do you do yeah, with but, eight registrations on the website? Can shout out what what for? They all own packages. Like I have four children, a wife. I have uh, I have an extra account. I just bought like a 
cheapy thing on just so I could have an extra character. You know, oh, okay, like it's that. for different characters. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, because because back in the day, it was like you could get a the full package for twenty bucks. You know, like on what twenty thirteen or whatever it was. Or actually, in twenty twelve, originally it was twenty five, and then you got you got uh, Squadron forty two with it and everything like that. But they've had a couple of discount things, so it's like. Uh, uh, maybe I'll give it away sometime. Well, I don't I, know. Yeah, yeah, give it as a gift, or, or you know, uh, if you, uh, uh, I've we we have uh, over on Elite, we have the Guard Frequency account, which I use to basically register our organization. So I mean, it's 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 useful for stuff like that too, uh, to to have a, an alias um, to do That's that. That's cool. With, so. And for twenty yeah. bucks, you can't go wrong. So so gas. Let's talk about gas, guys. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because so it's you know. They released a new article, right, talking about all those wonderful fuel things. And these things have been kind of talked about before and speculated about, but this is the first time they've given us hard details in the fuel system, right? And then the, the big news is that some ships can reclaim fuel, like as in thruster fuel, and some ships can't. The ships that absolutely can't are obvious ones like snub fighters and the like, right? They're, they have a limited fixed amount of fuel. Whereas the big ships that you already know um, all have some varying levels of fuel reclamation. And that includes some of the exploration-minded small ships, too, where they can gain fuel over time. So these are scoops. These are basically Bussard Ram scoops. Yes, exactly. Okay. They are, they, they are the, the same old pre-Star Trek even uh, Bussard Ram scoops that you could for collecting uh, straight hydrogen. I guess the new thing is that some ships have special filters and systems that they can claim things other than hydrogen, which uh, potentially because they are more massive can have more thrust efficiency. So you lose less fuel when you maneuver and things like that if you have a fuel tank full of argon, say. But you have to have a special, you have to have a different system for collecting those special gases and you can only have one kind of gas in a fuel tank at a time. So, I mean, it sounded like you could have potentially multiple fuel tanks with different kinds of gases, but you need to only have one in a tank and you can only collect one at a time. The other thing that was surprising is that some of the ships that people have, that they thought may have potentially had ram scoops because devs said so, no longer have ram scoops. Uh, the one, the particular one I'm thinking about is like the Hornet. And the reason that I say this is in the in the article, it specifically says the Hornet does not have a ram scoop and a fuel collection, and it cannot equip one at all. But the uh, the are uh, the uh, people pointed out that the devs have pointed to the big fans in the front of the Hornets, and which would be yeah, yeah. indicative indicative of, of a fuel of some of sort an of intake of some kind. Yes. yes, and the ones on the side of the Hornet too, um, as big big intakes. For intaking, big intakes, of, yes, of substances, absolutely for things, yeah. And so, yeah. so they said that hornets, and there's a several other ones. They said are, are carrier-based fighters and have no no um, capabilities. So it, it makes sense lore-wise. It does not make sense from past discussions and from a uh, art point of view. Yes, and this is one of the one of the kind of the criticisms I have of this system. There's a lot of tail wagging dog here that I that I detected. Tail wagging dog. It sounds more like they have like so many ships, and they're and the fuel system is another way of adding distinction among the ships. Like saying this ship is better for this job than this ship. They get a good example here is the Vanguard. So the Vanguard versus say the Hornet is the Hornet's a lot more maneuverable. The Vanguard has a little bit better weapons, but the big thing is the the Vanguard now has fuel. Um, reclamation where the the Hornet doesn't. And so when they now say range, it actually means something rather than this this vague notion of maybe quantum drive fuel tanks or something like that. It specifically means the Vanguard can go forever. The Hornet can't go forever. You know, it has to stop somewhere and pick up some gas. Well, it's 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 not it, it's not range. It's it's basically time on station. The there's you have so much maneuvering fuel. This isn't like travel fuel, because quantum fuel is a separate thing. It, it, quantum, it, it, it is also used during during boost, but you're correct. Yeah, yeah quantum yeah. fuel. So it's, it's, yeah, it's maneuvering fuel. So you have so much time on station, right? If you're assigned to a CAP, a combat air patrol, or if you're going to go from point A to point B, 
your durability is limited. You have to either have tanker support, and this is where I'm going to get to the tail wagging the dog here in a second. You either have to have tanker support or you have to uh, stop and refuel on uh, at certain points. Whereas if you have a different ship, which at a click of a button, the devs could say, yes, you can dedicate a module slot to a reclamation system or not. You know, and the Hornet's an excellent example. There's intakes all over the front of that damn thing. Why not? Why not have a reclamation system in there? Even a tiny one. This is a small one. And it only does hydrogen, which we'll get to that one in a minute on the tail wagging the dog. The concept, I think, here is that you're you're creating distinctions between fighters, but what you're really going to be doing is you're going to be forcing people to, or forcing pilots, you know, pilots, quote, quote, to plan for things if you have certain assets and you can just ignore them if you have other assets. So not quite a pay-to-win situation, not quite, but I'll bet dollars to donuts that your upper tier $300 ships, $500 ships, all have fuel scoops, and your lower tier ones. That's going to be rarer. I don't think that's the case. Let's look at two ships that are equally costier that do have a difference. So the Freelancer versus the Hornet. Freelancer almost certainly has an air scoop, especially the the Dur probably has a uh, a refinery in it. Even right, it costs the same amount as oh, the Hornet, hey, hey, hey. but the hey, Hornet's hey, better at a refinery. Kin Shadow, what's that? It's another component. It is another what? component that lets you collect other types of fuel than hydrogen. Oh, so now we have. What? Before you get too far into that, I got to address something. Tony said that this was almost kind of pay to win, but it's not because all this is available by earning it in game anyway. So it really that is, is never going to be pay to win. So that's later, later yeah. on. Yes, later but on. See, yes, there's nothing right to win now. yet. You know, we we can play with all the toys, but there's well, you know what I mean. So it's not really. I don't think that's fair. That's all. Well, it uh, a hornet. So just to be clear here, you know, if you're going to say like something's going to win or not in a fight. There are things that are less expensive that will build beat yep. more expensive fighter ships. Even right. let me, even let, me clar- let me clarify pay to win. Let me clarify pay to win here just a little bit. I know there's no winning, there's no end game here, right? There's no saving the princess from the castle. What you're going to be what you are quote buying to quote win from me is that you don't have to worry about stuff. You will not be devoting game time resources or game time planning or game time effort into refueling. That's, that is not a thing that you're going to be doing with most of the upper tier ships. On the lower tier ships, that is going to be a thing you're going to be doing. You're going to be burning game time and clock cycles of your brain power to figure out how I'm going to have enough gas to get what I need done. Yeah, done. I'm going to just totally disagree with you here, Tony. Okay. I, I, so, I, so too. I understand, sorry, I understand I why you might on think this, that. On this show? No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that, that, you know, if I, I can understand why you see that, why you think that, right? But the, the ones that they specifically said don't have fuel um, reclamation systems are either snub fighters, which we already knew about before, or they're carrier-based fighters. And the carrier-based fighters are the cream of the crop with combat. They'll, in, in the game right now, they'll beat anything out there in terms of combat strength. Well, then, it's, not well, like then you're saying the Super Hornet is a carrier-based fighter. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and, and so the Super Hornet, uh, as far as I can, they didn't specifically mention the Saber, but I'm guessing the Saber as well. Um, the, um, maybe not the long bomber stuff, right? They specifically said the Retaliator does have it, but that's more of a constellation sized vessel. That's not going to be fighting with a Hornet, right? So the thing on the Hornet side, pretty much everything kind of at that level is not going to have one. So it's not like saying like you buy a better fighter and you're going to get one. You're talking about your, your Gladius, your Avenger, those type of ships. And, and I'm gonna, I, I hate doing this because, yes, I know that space is not like real world, but, but in a real world scenario, when you have uh, uh, the F-18 Hornet, okay, let's take our, our own Super Hornet. It, it does not have a reclamation system. However, it does have a refueling system. Which it, you know you can it can fly up and uh, uh, you know bump into a KC-135 and get some fuel and off it goes. And they will have that. They will have that on the Hornet. They said too. Yeah. So the Starfare will be able to refuel all of those ships. So I, I believe that the whole idea is that it, it's going to equate to the same type of scenario, you know, that we have currently today, 
uh, with our carrier-based uh, uh, fighters and and now a long-range fighter. Uh, well, maybe the Gladius w- would qualify as a long-range fighter. The Gladius is still carrier-based. Um, okay. Some of the some of the ones below the, car- the the Gladius can potentially equip. So, for instance, the one that the thing that started this off was the starter ships, and so. Some of the starter ships will come with these. Some of them will equip, but a lot of all the starter ships, and it seems like a lot of the mid range. It wouldn't surprise me if the Avenger could equip this. Um, the three fifteen P probably comes with one. Things like that. Um, it, it's when you start getting to the dedicated fighters that are quote unquote military ships, right. because those are supposed to be launched from carriers, and so they don't have the weight on them. And I, and I, I can see that philosophy. I can see that uh, going through um, the scenario. So my my point uh, that I want to get back to is the wagging the dog thing. They've the Starfarer has been in the game, you know, in the game for years now. It's like that it has to have something to do. So it's almost a requirement at the design level to make fuel a problem for a certain class of ships or for a certain number of ships or for a lot of ships. So telling a, a certain number or types of ships thou shalt not have a fuel scoop and making it optional for a, for a great many others is almost a requirement. Uh, of the game design to make the Starfarer viable in any way. And the second thing is the different types of fuel um, that you need is another sort of, we, it, you know, it almost, the way that they've built the world almost requires it. Because if you use the same fuel and only one type of fuel for all your maneuvering, it becomes too easy to get. It becomes, it's almost like it, there's no trade-off for there's no there's no there's no scarcity right there's planets full of hydrogen everywhere it's the most common element in the universe there's no reason for it not to be everywhere but if you've got a super duper handy dandy awesome thruster that uses a slightly more rare gas but you can go farther on it or it's faster or whatever it introduces another artificial layer of scarcity to it which creates more gameplay which then you know do you need two tankers now i got to have my argon tanker and my heat my hydrogen tanker my feeling is that the fuel system has almost been designed from the ground up to be a game in itself. It's like they've, they're purposely building it up. Absolutely. And, and it's another upgrade path for all these ships, too. I don't subscribe to that because I believe that this was the design intention of these, uh, these fighters from the very beginning. I almost feel, I almost feel that. I, I, I think you're right, Jeff. I think that there was a design intention to limit them in some way in fuel. Whether it was specifically this thing where they're limiting, where they have no reclamation at all, I'm not sure. I figured they would be at least limited in that regard, or they would be, or they wouldn't have as many much quantum fuel or something like that. But there was always going to be something to tie them back to carriers, and they've said carrier-based on a lot of these ships before. To to Tony's point, real quick, you mentioned the whole argon thing. That's another uh, money sink and upgrade path for these ships as well. So, for instance, if I'm in a fight fight fighter group. And we've got, you know, a bunch of hornets and sabers or whatever. And we're going to go out on a a long campaign and we've got a Starfare or some other big ship that can refuel us. They're going to want to all upgrade all their ships to the most efficient gas that they can and the most uh, the best edge they can and make sure that Starfare is is stocked full of it. And like you said, get all their thrusters and all their engines synced to that one type of gas, right? That's a money sink and, and like and like you said, a metagaming kind of thing that you all have to pitch in for. And uh, it's another org goal. It's another ship goal. It's another individual goal. And uh, that's what all these systems are at the end of the day, right? Right. I just, my, my, I don't know. It's not, it's not an issue. I mean, issue commentary, maybe. I think commentary is that the fuel system is going to underpin a lot of stuff for certain types of players, right? Certain types of players are going to, this is going to consume them in a lot of ways, like you were just saying. And for other players, they're going to just friggin' ignore it. And that's fine. And that's and that's fine. Other people, another another design thing is that fuel, uh, maybe, and let's look at Elite Dangerous, fuel is just a thing that you just, you just, you just top it off every time. And then emergent gameplay arose when the people just ran out of gas and the developers didn't have a system. There wasn't a system there in the game to to accommodate that it was just you're out of gas and you die that's it but the fuel rats came out of that and fuel limpets came out of that and i mean it it, it, it gameplay emerged from it star citizen seems to be taking the opposite tack it's like oh no 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 not only do we want you thinking about fuel all the time some of you are going to be like consumed by it and others of you can choose to ignore it if you want to if you have the right ship and the right gear uh, and the right mission 
That's true. Well, I mean, everybody has to be concerned with it a little bit because very few ships can have uh, large supplies of quantum fuel, as you mentioned earlier, right? That's a different kind of fuel. And so if you jump too far, you could be in a system there you can't do jack about it, right? Even if you've got reclaimed all your hydrogen, right? Yeah, and I think, didn't they say that the only place you get quantum fuel is from a space dock? Like, they don't send Starfarers out full of quantum fuel. It was kind of a fuzzy tweet they sent out earlier as an update for that, and it made it sound like some of, like, the the fuel refining ships can potentially refine quantum fuel out 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 of certain places. But it sounds like it's more of a special thing that they would have to do rather than something just kind of a byproduct of their flying or anything so, like that. So TBD. I mean, that's, TBD. that's most right. of Star Citizen, really. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I wonder I wonder if the uh, Serenity Syndrome will play in, in it uh, as part of this. You know what the Serenity... Oh, yeah. Serenity, sure. Serenity Syndrome is? Yeah, from the show. From the Well, yeah. I mean, able to modify your ship off-spec. So... Let's say you have a Hornet and you and, and you got these big intakes and oh well I wonder if I could I could fit a fuel reclaimer in there at the expense of something else. That's a good point, Jeff. But I don't know. I'm not sure if fuel reclaimer makes the most sense, but I could see people throwing them throwing their engine on a tu- on, a, on a, a tuning bench and saying, you know what, I'm going to give up one percent of my maneuverability for ten percent more efficiency, so they last longer in combat than the other guy. Um, yeah, I mean that's basically engineering and elite dangerous. But but I think they. But Jeff's point is that taking a game design decision that the devs have made that certain classes of fighters are going to have to worry about maneuvering fuel and its limitations. I don't think they're going to let you do that. I, I think I think you're stuck with with that limitation. That's like putting guns on the Serenity. Well, yeah, which they did. No, they they strapped one yes. on the top of bailing wire right. and had but, somebody crawl and had someone crawl outside. Right. That'd be like send, that'd be like sending somebody out with a laundry basket, strapped to the front of the ship with a laundry basket to catch hydrogen. Turn to the left, I see a pocket over there, guys. But, that, big but that's what. But that. But well, that. Actually, you know that that particular scenario is possible in Star Citizen. You could you could load up like you could strap somebody to the front of the ship. You yeah, could. or that's, you that's could like thing. you There's could you could lights, put a yeah. vehicle with a gun in the back and just open pop the back hatch and have him fire out the back. It, it, people do that right now. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, uh, real quick on Elite, uh, uh, not much going on. They were moving buildings, so there's not a whole lot officially happening. Um, but they did. There was a mysterious uh, post on Reddit uh, where uh, someone quoted the community manager Brett C as saying, "Without giving the exact date for 3.1, it's sooner than what most expect, or so I believe." Happy face. So, but if you look back at the timeline, right? So the end of Q1 was March. And that's when we got 3.0. We, they had the patch. They had the, the beta out in February. So at the end of, 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 of Q2 is June, uh, the end of June. May would be the time frame we'd be expecting to see uh, uh, the beginnings of, of the next uh, um, 3.1 beta stuff. And that's only a couple weeks away. So um, well, that elite news should be heating up as, we, as they sort of start defining what they're, they expect to put in the next quarterly patch and uh, start throwing stuff out there at us at, uh, for testing. So hopefully that'll be uh, that'll pick up uh, here pretty soon. What's happening in Kerbal this week, Jeff? I'm sorry. I, I'm having some I'm having some audio difficulties. It sounds like static here. when I talk, yeah. I'm having the same thing happen here. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> and now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on Nan Seath. I'm Spencer McDonough, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Imperial Senator Nestor Cartesius has been found dead at his home on Capitol, a victim of apparent homicide. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace on the Akinar system. Thanks, Spencer. Imperial authorities and citizens alike are stunned at the highest profile murder in the Empire since the assassination of Emperor Hengist Duval nearly three years ago. The Imperial Internal Security Service confirmed that Senator Cartesia's body was found early this morning in his official residence. Speaking at a press conference, Captain Suetonia of the Double I Double S stated that nothing at the crime scene was stolen, damaged, or destroyed. 
The only public indication given by officials that this was, in fact, a murder was the discovery of a note on the corpse apparently left by the killer. The note contained two words, for Jameson. Captain Sutonia at the press conference announcing the investigation stated, quote, As is well known, last year the ship of historical figure Commander John Jameson was located following his final mission on behalf of the now-defunct Intergalactic Naval Research Arm. Presumably, this is the Jameson to whom the note refers. End quote. Commander Jameson's ship logs violently redefined the historical context of his mission to deploy the mycoid virus against the Thargoid hive ship. First, it was revealed that he was told by the now-defunct Intergalactic Naval Research Arm that the weapon would only damage hyperdrive systems. Second, that his own ship was sabotaged to prevent his return to base. GPR researchers as well as Imperial authorities have confirmed that Senator Cartesius is descended from high-ranking INRA officials. Despite confirmation that foul play is suspected and that there were no signs of a struggle, authorities have been tight-lipped about the exact way Senator Cartesius met his demise. Withholding critical details like this from the public is a common tactic during ongoing investigations and could indicate that there are credible leads being followed at this time. It could also mean that they are preparing to bury the story in the routine avalanche of weekly galactic news. Is the killer taking revenge for a 200-year-old betrayal? Or is it a misdirection play designed to cover up a more mundane political gain? For Galactic Public Radio on Capitol in Akinar, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Former Federation President Jasmina Halsey conducted a wide-ranging interview with independent journalist Chuck Walma Grant. Making the rounds of the publicity circuit, Grant has described a report as an analysis of the political impact of politician renouncing politics. Starting with her sudden removal from office due to the destruction of Starship One in hyperspace, Jasmina Halsey has not so much renounced politics as become, quote, politically toxic, end quote. Grant addresses a theory that Halsey always intended to align the Federation more closely with the Alliance during her term. This theory has some support given her current role as an advisor to Prime Minister Edmund Mahon. However, Grant also finds evidence that years of participating in inhumane Federation politics wore her down. She eventually considered it her personal penance to work for, quote, concord between the powers, end quote. Grant does not shy away from the more controversial elements of Halsey's new life, stating, quote, Critics argue that Halsey's extraordinary claims of encountering superintelligent beings and seeing paradise are meaningless without evidence, and yet, in a cosmos containing Thargoids and Guardians, can they be easily dismissed? Or are her outlandish claims designed to cultivate a falling among the disenfranchised and make her into a more messianic figure? End quote. While many in the Alliance question the propriety of a former Federation president and former psychiatric patient advising their senior leadership, many citizens of the Federation and Empire seem to appreciate her calls for peace and understanding between the galactic superpowers. And finally, independent researcher Commander Dreamstate has put forth a possible system map of the Guardian's home worlds. Based on the aerial photos analysis of Alpha-type ruins, Commander Dreamstate hypothesized a type of orrery system to the depressions and elevations in the ancient earthworks that could represent planets and moons. Based on his preliminary analysis, a system would consist of an A or B class star, an inner gas giant, four rocky planets, an outer gas giant circled by a moon, which is the home of the Guardians and then two more ammonia worlds beyond that. Any pilot noting systems meeting the description are invited to contact the nearest Guardian Research Facility. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. I need to find out how to how I, I'm, the DM is exploring how you guys are going to take advantage of Justin's Justin's clue. Well, we know we know where the highest traffic is, so they're not going to be yes, there. Yes, you do. So they're going to be within some sort of range outside of there, probably. That's an interesting assumption you just made there. 
I think it's a good assumption. I think so, too. That's a fascinating assumption you just made there, Brian. I'm really interested in that assumption you just made. Thank you for my assumption. Your ass assumption that they would stay away from the highest traffic area when they're trying to blend in. Let me uh, let me say that I I so don't I think saying. so. The busiest house in the neighborhood is the crack house, man. <laughs> like really, you're gonna see people coming and going because they're doing business. And Henry's from Baltimore. So oh yeah, like legit. Baltimore Murderland. There is some heroin like right over there, man. Not like in my house. Like I mean, down the way. Like not yeah, here. Yeah, down the block. <laughs> down the block a few ways. Only serial killers in Henry's house. There's not many <laughs> yeah. Serial killer. Okay. There's only one so of I'd them. Like, us, me. So on that We note, do go by us sometimes, but it's just in fun. <laughs> the being the voices in my head. Uh, Henry, I want you to roll... Uh, I want you to roll a... Uh, go ahead and roll insight. Go ahead and roll me an insight. Insight? All right. Mm-hmm. 1d10 plus 1. I got a 7. Seven. I'm going to consider that a success. You're looking at this and you're listening to the discussion and you're like, you know, if I were shipping drugs, I wouldn't want to be too far away from the airport because, the, you know, it's a risk to move the stuff. And if I have to move the stuff over land, if I have to move it from the laboratory to the spaceport, that's a vulnerability. That's a good point. That's a vulnerability. Uh, so I wouldn't want to be too far away from that. So we should go look around the uh, busy spaceport. How do we land, though, without authorization? Yeah. We don't. We don't. We get close and we stay in the canyons like we were told to. And every single one of your ships is equipped with an SRV, which is a surface roving vehicle. Thank you for the clarification. So You're welcome. Do we want to scan first and then deploy the SRVs? Or well, you can't. You, you, you're still up in high orbit. You're not scanning nothing with any kind of resolution. Right, right. But you know, do some surface flying first. There are, as you, as you'll notice, the airport itself is sort of on a big open plane. The spaceport, excuse me, is on a big open plane. However, it is it, it's sort of near some sort of ridge, ridgy, hilly areas, right? There's there and some of the hot spots, some of the the radar returns that you're getting, the indications of technology, are scattered amongst the now. Of course, with mining operations, you'd expect them to be in the hilly and mountainous areas where the various veins are exposed to the uh, to the to the, the surface and such. But you know there are there are clusters of this stuff where you could maybe sneak in and look at this cluster a little closer, and sneak in and look at this cluster a little closer. You know, there's maybe three clusters, let's say, of, of, of facilities in proximity to the airport, the spaceport. So we don't... kind of stand out. So we don't sen- sense any scanners down there near, near those areas? Your, your, uh, your uh, EM um, suite detects just a variety of radars and communications gear, surveillance stuff. There's no active targeting arrays. That's, look that's what like I was missile. asking. Yeah. Yeah, there's like there's no missile lock or anything on you right now. Everyone's just sort of playing dumb. You might not even be in range. You're probably not even in range of anything yet, sitting in a high orbit. Well, I say we get down there. Let's get down there. Well, we have to get down there. They, we have there's three clusters of groups. Can we stay? Try and stay out of any potential weapons range of any of the the uh, things in those clusters and do some sort of scan to find out where the best place to Detroit, deploy our SRVs is. How big of a area are we talking about here, Tony? It's 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 relatively contained. Like I said, there there are three clusters of stuff that sort of fit Ale's idea of near the spaceport, right? So if you want to take advantage of the terrain as Val suggested to fly down there and try to look unobserved for details which say, I'm a mining operation! Or, I'm very suspicious! Then you, you can feel free to do that. They're both run nope. by Muppets? <laughs> they are. The entire thing is entirely run by Muppets. Oh, you're going to love the Lego characters I make for this one. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> if you're trying okay. to find the no. drug dealer's house, just look for the pizza on the roof. I saw Breaking Bad. That is the way you find <laughs> it. Right. It's the pizza on the roof that gives it away. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, your scanner's resolutions cannot detect pizza from an orbital distance. Technology. I'm that is it's disappointing. Not, it's, just not it, a thing. it's just not a thing. Um, all right. Your resolution's not good. All right. Let's, let's, okay, so it's probably better if we come out from further out from the spaceport and then go under the radar to get 
in towards the spaceport? Actually, before we do that, Tony, can I I got like a can we roll a planetary knowledge check to see if we can find a way to get in there that's easier and safer for us? You know what I mean? Because we're checking the planet out. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So you're as at sure as you're as you're discussing this, uh, Henry says we can. Let's see oh, if there's goodness. a good way to use geography to our advantage. Go for it. One d ten plus three. I got a ten. Uh, through that, you uh, Henry is is looking at the your scanners are good enough to sort of like find canyons, right? I mean, you can see big canyons and, and ridges and stuff like that. Large geographical fi- features. Henry is able to find. Uh, routes into all three of those um, sort of general clusters, which should hide you from any just passive scans. <clears throat> so it'll keep you. It'll keep you uh, with with skillful piloting. <laughs> with skillful piloting, you should be able to avoid any passive radars or uh, or, or uh, you know just just somebody looking out for normal stuff. All right. So you want to try which uh, there's we'll call it we'll call it A, B, and C. Which one do you guys want to try first? We can't see any difference in them from orbit at all. Uh, again, I mean, there's you can tell that there's cluster. It's a, they're clusters, right? So there are clusters of three or four buildings. Um, let's say uh, A has three buildings, B has four buildings, and C has four buildings. Um, I'm sorry, no, 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 two, three, and three. Let's call it two, three, and three. Uh, there's two, three, and three on A, B, and C. Um, and again, it's from an orbital height. All you can tell is that there's indications of technology. I rolled a two, which would go for B. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So I want everyone to roll a spaceship piloting check for me. As you try to follow Henry's oh, okay. uh, approved route. 1D10 plus four is 13. No. 1D10 plus three is six for me. I got a six, but I rolled a natural are you full from eating all the, the karma, karma point. points today, buddy? You, you may spend a karma point if you wish to re-roll that. Am, am I the lowest here? Uh, Ryu also rolled a six. But not a natural one. She rolled a... Yeah. Does that matter? Doesn't it? If you rolled a one? A natural one means you can re-roll it, but if you want to keep that roll, that's fine, too. You can do whatever you want. I don't, just I don't, I don't think... I don't think this, this is not like D&D where you roll a natural one, it's automatic failure, right? I think it is, though, yeah. isn't it? it that's what yeah, it was. Here, here it, let me put it this way. There are consequences for rolling natural ones, and you can keep it. I may not kill you. It's unlikely that I'm going to kill you at this point, because, again, the whole description was you're trying to avoid a passive radar detection. All right. I'll spend a karma point and a... Uh, I, okay, I got a nine. I, I, you know, it's this whole peer pressure thing. Everybody wants me <laughs> to smoke my karma. That's all right. Uh, so, so what I'm looking at here, what I'm looking at here is three successes... Because typically a, a seven is a success on a standard check, and one failure. So I'm not very good at spaceship piloting. That, <laughs> however, so so uh, uh, you so as you as you fly down in a canyon towards towards the cluster B, let's say you you you're, you're flying down you're, you're, the the canyon tightens and narrows, it twists, it turns. Uh, as as someone not thoroughly at home in space all, at all times, Adira is having a little bit of trouble keeping up with these three people. Uh, three other pilots who spend significantly more time in space, and uh, Henry did not take that into account. That maybe you weren't as as, as an experienced of a pilot because he knows nothing about you, uh, and so he, it may be a little more difficult than than uh, he might have let on. You pop above the ridge in a couple places that's supposed to be supposed to be concealing you from the uh, from the, and you you are painted. Your ship is painted. Uh, by a passive, by 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 a standard scan, by a standard scan, your console lights up and you quickly duck back down. Okay. But no, nothing else, no other, nothing else seems to happen at this point. But you did get a warning on your console that you were painting. They might and have seen me, guys. Well, that's not ideal, All right? It is right. most definitely not. Yeah, well. It's a good thing I do better on the ground. Let's hope so. As you approach, you're as you as you're flying through the canyon, narrow walls going up. Are you you slow down? Do you pull out? Do you back off? Do you keep going? What do you want to do? I want to keep going. How far are we away from the B? You're you're about thirty seconds out from where Henry's identified, where you can get a better look at stuff without being too obvious, without being really obvious. All right, I vote we keep going. Yeah, I'm not gonna be reckless, but okay. All right. Worst comes uh, to worst, I back. have my spin wildly maneuver. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. Here in a canyon. That's exactly where you want to do the spin wildly maneuver. Right. That's exactly where you want to pull that one off. The DM will have a good time with that one. All right. So uh, as you come to the mouth of the canyon, there's a spot there that is is pretty well hidden from the sort of like like it's it's uh, it's kind of a valley. It's an op- It's a more open valley. And you come to the mouth of this canyon, and you can slow down to a hover, which uh, which you do to get a better look at it. And as you look down in the distance, I need everybody to roll a... Um, let's just do a perception. Everybody just roll a perception check, because you're not going to activate any scanners to attract any attention. You're just going to do the Mark 1 eyeball and see what you see. Mm. I, I 1d10 10 10. plus 2 is 11. <clears throat> I got the same roll. 1d10 right. plus 2. I got 11. 10 plus 2 is natural 10 plus 2. Natural nice. ten. Nice. Natural ten for Justin. I use Red both Barn my Mark One eyeball. You, yes, you, you have you have two Mark One eyeballs, and they are both <laughs> laser focused on the system, on this on this uh, on the situation. And you can see there are uh, excavators rolling around. You can see little clouds of dust being pulled up. You see trucks running back and forth between what looks like a refinery and sort of a crushing. Uh, you know, munching station that breaks up the ore. This is a mining cluster. Yeah. Or are they or running a mining they operation? They hidden the drugs in the rocks, and they're getting. <laughs> <laughs> they have to mine the blue stabilizer. They it comes. Soil soil green as rocks. Soil green blue. Soil blue. Soil blue. Soil blue as rocks. All right. All right. So hopefully so with, with, they're not running a mining operation and a drug operation. But we'll, you, we'll check the other two you, out. What, yeah, Especially d- if the rip. rocks really are blue, because that could get confusing. <laughs> it's Perquanus is an ice world, so it it has kind of a bluish hue to the. But it's what did it's I snort? What did I snort? <laughs> <laughs> no, but with with Justin's natural ten and eagle eye perception and general familiarity with mining situations, these guys are full tilt crushing rocks. So you're pretty sure about that. All right. So uh, back out, back out the way you came. Not going to make you ride another, uh, do another check, but uh, slow and easy uh, is the way to go. And so then you uh, are back out outside of anybody's radar coverage. You got A and C left. Which one do you want to do next? C. All right. So C. <laughs> uh, everybody roll another spaceship piloting check. Yeah. I got a re roll. <laughs> hey, I did significantly better this time. Five yeah. plus three. And I rolled at A plus four, 12. I'm re-rolling, which gives me a four plus four is eight. Okay, good. So um, <clears throat> Red Barnes dives for the canyon floor and just about loses it. He's, 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 he was a little cocky, a little overconfident after uh, spotting all the miling stuff. Trying but to he bullseye just pull, He pulls it out in time. Pulls that out in time. That's right. Trying to bullseye the Womp Rat and doesn't quite do it. But pulls it out in time, and uh, you guys uh, head down the canyon. Adira is much more prepared this time. Uh, she's she sees what she, what uh, the level of skill and care she needs to take care of this time. Much better prepared. You guys make it to I the end of the canyon. I learned from my mistakes. You look what? I learned from my mistakes. She has yeah, she has indeed. So she uh, you guys come to the end of the canyon and uh, another sort of this one's a little. This isn't as so much a valley as like a like a, a plateau. It's like a larger plateau. There. are crinkles, uh, dips, little tiny canyons and washouts and uh, it's it's hard to see the entirety of the of the plane all at once but you can make out sort of in the distance three buildings and then you can kind of see just at the at the end of the plateau as it goes back down into the main valley where the spaceport is. So it's like you can you've got in front of you the spaceport far away and then three smaller facilities up close. So I want everybody to run, run a roll perception check. Five plus two, seven. I, I didn't see anything okay. at all. <laughs> He's still thumping around in his machine. Jesus! Another natural. <laughs> Three plus two, I got a five. Yuck. Man, Shiv's carrying us. <laughs> natural ten so, again. Natural ten again. Shiv is looking out here with his years of experience docking at various variety of both legitimate and shady space operations, and it is dead quiet here. Too there is quiet. Nothing happening. You see zero activity. So this isn't the place then, right? <laughs> <laughs> do can we do like um? Assume that Red says something, right? 
Oh yeah. I'll be like, this ain't mining. So do, can we do like a scan, tell if there's like heat signatures or people around? Um, would that light, would that alert uh, you can't activate any sort of scanner without alerting them, but um, let, why don't you do, uh, everybody can roll a, let's do a systems check. Everybody can roll a systems check. Now that, now that Red's alerted you to, hmm, this ain't right. Let's everybody do a systems check. You know, it's because I'm a community it youth is. worker and I've heard stories from all the kids off the streets. Ah. <laughs> I got a natural 10. So I got 12. Yeah, out of 5. 3 plus 2. 8 plus 2 is 10 for me. Okay, alright. So, um... Uh... Alright, so... so Ale, now now that they've been alerted by, by uh, Justin's keen instincts about this... They go, hmm, let's let's take a look at this a little more carefully. As your passive scanners can show, there are... <clears throat> the the radar returns um, vary just a little bit. So there's the spaceport off in the distance. And then right up close, there is a... Uh, a sort of a small uh, uh, radar return. It's, it's, it's a weak. It's a weak return, right? You can kind of... The, the passive scanners are, 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 it's not a very powerful signal. The medium, the one out in kind of the middle, uh, middle ranged one is larger, significantly a better return than the close one. And then the one out a little bit farther closest to the spaceport is it kind of in between. So there's like a teeny tiny return up close, middle sized one uh, in the middle distance, and then a small you know, kind of in between sized one out uh, closest to the airport, kind of at the edge of the plateau. So you're saying these buildings are owned by the three little bears. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. There is, there is the Papa Bear. We'll call that, let's call them that. There's Spaceport, and then closest to the Spaceport is Mama Bear. Papa Bear is in the middle, and then Baby Bear is right up close. Okay, but there's no like life signs or heat signatures or anything like that? You are kind of, you're really without sneaking up on these things. You're really too far out to really tell. Do I have like uh, infrared without passive scans? You do, but that but that's part of the passive scan. The infrared is part of the passive okay, scan. Okay, but are they giving and off heat? Like it seems like it's that's how you're finding these things. Okay, now. that's how you're, that's how you're locating them. It, there's infrared. There's electromagnetic uh, emanations from them. You're getting reflections, uh, light, basic light. It's shinier. These things are shinier. Um, and your computer picks that out as, okay. as opposed to just like the ice in the background. Okay. So there's so just to confirm, there's no activity going on right now on the outside, but there's something going on on the ends. We can probably tell. It's yeah, it's it's not cold rock. Let's put it that yeah. way. Things are above things are above room temperature. So room let's, temperature being ice ball. So my, <laughs> my vote is let's go for it. Let's uh, land and deploy SRVs instead of just nuking it, which would have been a great <laughs> idea. You know that was. I mean, they're like, we don't care idea. about collateral damage. Okay, let's orbital bombard them until we don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> My idea originally <laughs> was like, well, just throw a damn asteroid in there and just yeah. drop it on them. But apparently we have to preserve the evidence for whatever reason. And we didn't so, even get any grenades. I'm with you, man. It's not cool. I mean, I guess we'll lease it to sell whatever we find, but still. All right. <laughs> I think you guys have you guys have the wrong idea of the guard frequency response. Discriminant violence is well within their ballywick. Indiscriminate violence is not a thing that they enjoy. That's not a, that's not a, something they approve of. That's what I, I you Grenades, know. That's why I asked about collateral, nuclear bombs. Collateral damage. He was very specific. He was like, "How many fools can I kill? Do they have to be the right fools, or can I pick random fools? I just want to kill some fools." That's the the discussion I heard. Yeah, and 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 at the end, I just I was thinking. I pity the fool. <laughs> he does pity the fool. All right. So uh, the 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 group uh, takes the vote. Uh, it seems like this is this is the spot. This is where we want to start investigating. You find places to land, set down on the on the on the surface. Is anybody else worried about deploying these SRVs over ice? <laughs> nah, they're no, fine. Driving <laughs> over an elite is crazy. So. Yeah, they're gotta, they're they're pretty robust vehicles. You got to remember to just turn into the skid, and you're fine. <laughs> well, there are thrusters that keep you down on the surface anyway. You've got thrusters. You're okay. You got thrusters, you got all-wheel drive, yeah. anti-lock brakes. It's the worst. You know, pretty nice. anti-collision light, that high that high tail light in the back, so people following you too It's cool. got heated seats and XM radio. <laughs> it actually has seats. Galnet radio now. It's got Galnet yeah. radio, so you can hear the news from all over the place. And, so. we're, and we're totally going to be blaring our radios as we're driving up there. 
Lucky for you, it's a vacuum. <laughs> so in your cockpit, you can listen to the radio as loud as you want. It's been, yeah, no one will know. No one will know. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! Some say he put ketchup on his eyes to try to wear shades at night, but in hindsight, it was a bad idea. But all we know is he's called the shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. What? That was terrible. That was, that, I really ought to read these before awful. I read them that, that out was really loud. That was next level. Right? That was that was next level awful right there. See, tonight's tonight. We should have used the one about farting in your wallet for gas money because we had all the gas. Yeah, because we had because we, we had all that. We That's can't right. reuse we had that them. We had that discussion. We had that discussion. All right. And our recap of last week's community question: Starter ships, one for every profession that stays relevant throughout the game, or one built to show players how to play. Acrosi writes in and says, Great show, and the new RPG adventure is sounding fun, though I can't help but wonder how much floor wax is used in mining. My thought on starting ships is there should be one that's versatile enough to perform multiple jobs, rather than having multiple ships locked into single roles. This helps players decide what profession best suits their playstyle, because having to pick a career path before starting the game is too steep a curve. That said, offering multiple starter options with different appearances is good as long as they have equivalent performance. The starters don't need to do everything, but having outfitting options to adequately haul cargo, fight, or explore could give a new pilot options to get going. From there, players can purchase more specialized ships for their chosen profession, or keep improving their starter. A fully upgraded starter should be slightly better than the base model of a specialized one. That way, it's not super useless, but still encourages and introduces progressing to better ships. I agree with Akrosi. This is this is my design. This is the design I would use. I, I agree, and I, and I think for most of the games we're talking about here, most of the starter ships are jacks of all trade kind of ships. You know, most of the most of the starters in Star Citizen and and, and definitely the starters in uh, Elite Dangerous, I think, you can do a little bit of everything, right? Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. You, you wouldn't want to take a hauler into a fight, but you could if you had to, and you're not going to yeah. haul anything in an eagle. They all have purpose, uh, though. Yeah, like in Star Citizen, you could fight with an Aurora. It's not, not your first option, but you can definitely do it, right? So, so for the benefit of our listeners, because I, because what I'm going to say next is probably relevant, we're talking about Star, Star Citizen, and I think that the starter ship question is based on the game design or the game that you're playing. So for in case of Elite Dangerous, your starter ship is probably not the one that you're going to end up flying in the, in, in the long run. But however, in Star Citizen, that starter ship could mean a whole different thing. It could. I find it unlikely, especially given the latest development of the whole fuel thing. Some people might just want to skip not having fuel gauges and buy the more expensive ship that can equip the reclaiming system. Well, let's let's say, well, here's a good example. Let's say you start with a Aurora and it's it has some sort of basic fuel reclamation. And then you want to go out with your friends and your friend's got a carrier and you're going to go do some fighting with him. Well, maybe you save up your money on your roar and you buy a Gladius just so you can jump on his carrier and do a decent amount of fighting. If you want to go back to exploring, you're not going to take that Gladius on exploring. You're probably going to go back to your Aurora and do some exploring with that until you can buy a separate exploration ship because of said fuel mechanics. Right. And so you won't be in your starter ship anymore. You no, will you'd be, be, back, the be in the Aurora Rust. You'd be in the Aurora for the exploring, that's my point. Until, until you can buy the better ship. Right. And then yeah, you leave the Aurora right. in the dust. Well, I don't well, think it it'll be in the It dust. all depends on, you might need to go back for it for another function, right? Maybe the explorer that you got didn't have enough cargo, you know. Um, my, my point is, is that as long as the starter has like this multi-roles situation going, yes. you can always go back there until you earn something better for that role. Elite's a great yes, example of that. I mean, I still go back to my Sidewinder yeah. just to run around the, the bubble a little bit, like locally. Um, Taxi. Yeah. A taxi. Well, not my Sidewinder, yeah, and, but my and, Cobra. I use my Cobra, not my yeah. Sidewinder. Again, but yeah, that's not the starter ship. That's like a mid-tier yeah, one. Yeah, but, but I have a Cobra 4, and I like it. So I could yeah, use my Sidewinder for that. I have options. You could. Yeah, you could. But but I think that's the that's the, the point, of course, he's trying to make, is that that starter ship needs to be a jack-of-all-trades enough so that you can use it for that role until you can buy the next tier one that's better. Once you've been exposed to the game, 
once that starter ship has sort of led you by the nose through all the different types of gameplay that there is, and once you've, you're familiar enough with the outfitting system and its various requirements, that you are confident in your choices in both that little ship and in the ships that you want to buy to replace it for those roles. So I, the, 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 it all coalesces around the fact that one or a very small number of ships need to be able to do just about everything well, and then you open it up into a big, wide array of potential after that once the game's taught people how to fly. Yeah, I, I don't think Starter Citizen's quite there with, with all the roles. Like, there are certain roles that you're not going to be able to do in the starter ships, but right. they've got most of those bases covered, I think. Eleanor Rebel writes, Great show, peeps. Question of the week, starter ships have to be both. On the one hand, they have to be a stepping stone for players to move on to better ships, but at the same time, they are the front line of the new user experience, so they have to be interesting, engaging, and fun to play. Otherwise, new players are going to dismiss the game as being dire and leave. The Shiv says keeping your starter ship means you have something to fly while you're waiting on an insurance claim to get cheaper or to make trips you don't need your other ships for. So true. Yes, yes. It's, it's your backup. <laughs> it's your taxi. It's it's your it's your it's your hoopty that you keep on blocks that you roll down just when you have to have it. You hope nobody sees. You hope nobody sees you in it. Oh God. Please, just nobody nobody I know be on the street right now. Man, my address is in the shop. i got to fly my Aurora again. <laughs> uh, in general feedback, Dwayne Young writes in and says, the title really hits close to home. Silent Hunter UK hits us up and says, history and my guard frequency, are you guys okay? Yes, that, there was some question about in the channel that the history reference was actually Elite's fault. They reused that old World War II uh, cipher uh, that you guys heard in Galactic Public Radio, they they just had the quote, the the text quote that was a the signal for the French resistance to start sabotaging stuff inside France to prepare for the Normandy invasion. So that's why theoretically something should be happening in the Elite Dangerous right about now because that was two weeks ago when that signal went off. But I, maybe it was a mistake, maybe it was an error, maybe something's happening and no one's noticed yet. We'll just have to find out. And and remember that that. GPR is basically a fiction of the inverse stories that are going on and and right not you know we're not repeating the you know we're not trying to create history or recreate it no there's there's something that everything in GPR is happening either by design of FDEV Frontiers got something going on in there or I found something interesting going on in the community either on the forums or Reddit and I think that, that I think it's cool. So uh, like for example in this week's show that last bit that's something on the forums um, uh, he's, a guy, he's a guy that's been doing stuff with Canon for a long time um, and so he has this uh, and then there's a, there's a link in the show notes uh, this week so you can go to the Reddit post um, where he's got it. It's interesting. It, it was, it's cool and he's put a lot of work and thought into it so I thought I'd highlight it. Ken from Chicago writes, I hate to say it, but I gotta agree with that Kinetic Impulsor. Hashtag Kerbal Space Program isn't a hashtag space sim, but more of a hashtag space simulator. It's like the difference between hashtag sci-fi and hashtag science fiction. The latter is often treated with way more gravitas than the former. It's like when people say they want a hashtag flying car, but they don't mean one. Uh, where you have to take off and land at runways. They mean a hashtag hover car capable of VTOLs, vertical takeoffs and landings, from and to your driveway or parking spot. Hashtag space sim equals space flight or combat space simulator. I disagree with all yeah, that, of that. Oh, that's fine. I still you can love do Ken that from Chicago. It's, it is the eternal question, one of the eternal questions of this show that will never be answered, forever debated, what is a space sim? And, and Ken's weighing in with a perfectly acceptable definition of his own. Yeah, but he so, could at sure. least agree with Absolutely. me. I mean, come on. No, no, that is not a, that Henry, is not a requirement of any listener. No. Henry, he can't agree with you because you can't pronounce gravitas. Yeah, I don't know what the word uh, sounds like. Gra gravitas. Yeah, gra yeah I, was, I was. This was after all the after after all the stuff this week. I can read it again. Whatever you, you said. No, 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 no. I don't. No, I don't want you to read it again. Leave it as it is. It, it's it's that it is part of the artisanal mediocrity experience that occasionally a word will be pronounced not quite correctly. Brandon Spoon says, you said BMW doesn't make full-size trucks? Mercedes do. Ford makes tiny cars to supercars. Mazda makes K cars to lorries. I don't think Chris meant specifically BMW. If he did, they need someone to go back and redesign them. They clearly aren't BMW. Ooh, fine words. 
On top of that, I'm sure somewhere there's a MISC-600i that probably didn't make the cut, or it's the freelancer. Chris is sitting more in the role of General Motors, where they make a car and then decide who gets to stick their badge on the model. I've never got the apples and oranges thing. They're very comparable. Both can come in red, both have skins, both are fruit. Also, the 16-inch soggy pizza with raw anchovies? Yum. Just missing frozen pineapple, and you've just oh described my, my sort of pizza. Wow, this, wow that's no. That's, let, no. Let me point you to a video. No, <laughs> no, no. It's better with grapefruit no. than frozen pineapple. I actually like the new crime system in Elite. The bounties and fines are, are awesome compared to the last system. However, I believe the damage amount needs to be adjusted. I fired a missile and got an instant bounty. However, I pulse lasered a few cops and never even been fined. The issue seems to be high damage, low projectile weapons, and in the case of many commanders in open, poor trigger discipline and lack of spatial awareness. Good show as always. Gold star for you. One quick comment on the on the damage threshold. There may be splash damage things from missiles that get counted differently as well. Um, pulse lasers tend to be very low DPS, so you can hit somebody with three or four pulses, and it, it's not it's not it's not damaging as much as like a missile would be. So it may be different types of damage that are getting counted differently as well. So maybe that's something for, for the devs to look into if it's treating splash damage differently. So so BMW is the origin inspiration, by the way. Um, yes, it's it is. Not to is... Meant, it's not meant to be like one-to-one, but it's kind of like just, just the feel, supposedly, right? You can disagree with that, but that is... More that than is, once, that is, Chris has come right out and said it. He is, yes. And, the, and that's why they number the car, number the ships and stuff like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's even little from like letters the at the end. Yes, exactly. And the freelancer is not the equivalent to the 600i because the freelance is, it's more like, uh, that's like the next level, right? It's more of the, and the RSI terms like a constellation competitor. There's no MISC equivalent for a 600i. And that kind of pizza sucks. Okay, now what we have to do, now what we have to do is we have to say something nice about, we have to say something nice about his feedback because we've just torn him to bits. He had a good point about the about the uh, about the damage thing on Elite. That was ex- that was well taken, and I th- hope the devs just double check the whole splash damage thing. There. And his first sentence is about everybody making different shit. That was agreeing with me, so that was awesome. Okay, so all right, so we said that's two nice things, and we tore the rest of his feed back up. Okay, good. See, we're trying to be balanced and fair. Well done. Well done. John. It is fair. We still read it, and he wrote 12, 16 inch soggy pizza with raw anchovies. We still read his feedback. Yeah. We've been very nice. We still read it, and we love it. Also, him. the next feedback, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. Sean Newboy writes in and says, wonderful show, everyone. Loving all of the new segments. Very well done with all of them. Also, 16-inch soggy pizza with raw anchovies. Yum, just missing the frozen pineapple. Replying to Rent a Spoon, you're a very sick person. Thin and crispy on the crust. No anchovies with mushrooms and sausage. Pineapple should never be frozen. Sean Newboy, bringing the truth. Pineapple should never see pizza dough. No, no pineapple, pineapple, pineapple on pizza is okay. Yeah. Pineapple on yeah. pizza is okay. It has, to, it has to have the right things with it. You I can't agree with everything pineapple. except that pineapple should never see pizza dough. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, there should it, be uh, cheese and sauce between the two. You're no, right, buddy. No, it, That's, it, can, yes. it, can, it can go into cottage cheese. It can uh, live on its own. Oh. It can be eaten like... God, who eats cottage I cheese? Eat, oh, go eat a baked apple or something. You sound like an old man now. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you're talking to? You're talking to the immortal. <laughs> You're talking to the immortal. How do you think you got to be that old? It was a strict diet of cottage cheese and pineapple. It's the so kind of crap my parents used to give me and call me dessert. And I just like, what are you giving me? Here? This is That's horrible. Not dessert? That's not dessert. Cottage this, cheese. Is no, not it was dessert. horrible. No. Anyway. Anyway. H. Allen writes in and says, "Man, mediocre showboys. Mission accomplished. I would like to hear a few more minutes of the RP game." I enjoy hearing the troops dice roll themselves out of their constant predicaments. Kudos to Tony for DMing the adventures and coming up with the weekly content. Well, thank you. I don't come up with the weekly content all by myself. This is the uh, official playtest for the EDRPG published by Spider-Mind Games. Thanks to those guys again for, uh, for coming up with a great resource. So they get the, the creative uh, uh, co-share uh, for coming up with the scenario and uh, the system there. So thank you. Yes, in lieu of any kind of DM offerings, I also would like to say thank you, Tony. Oh, well, you're quite welcome. Boy, buttering up just before the big game. Oh, my God. That's right. He doesn't want to die this week. <laughs> yeah. He does not want to die. He wants to live. Our new Patreon this week is no one. Maybe if we had some T-shirts. What do you think? Hey, Henry, let's work on that this week. I'm ready. Let's go. And this week's community question, gas. Is it something you're planning on worrying about in the game? Uh, or will we just take it as it comes? 
And otherwise, how is the show? Do we need some more fuel for the fire, or did we get the wrong kind of fuel in the first place? Either way, let us know. Drop an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 210 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 211 on May 1st, 2018. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey and Lennon. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. No one wins listening out there. The deep black gets pretty long. Reduce thrust. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flood deck. I'm going to have you do that one more time. You, you were trying to go cowboy there, and then you did it, and then you took it back. Let me go full cowboy. No, no, no. no. Either, either, either own it or leave it. Pick one. Is that cowboy it, that, enough? That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You owned it. The, 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 you were only half-assing it the first time. If you want to cowboy it, all right, go for it. Cowboy all right. It. There you go. I will, I will all right, full stop, ass it. Stop. This is Tony. Flight deck. Flight deck. Sync one. This is Jeff. Flight deck. Sync two. This is Ken Shadow. Grapefruit. Sync three. I was totally going to do that. Flight deck. Sync four. <laughs> flight deck. <sighs> Grape flight in three, <laughs> two. Infinity Battlescape gets a new patch, and it's Jock Vola Carriers, Network Fixes, and I zoomed in too far. One second. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace on the... Ac- <laughs> all right slow down mm-hmm. deep breath are we just going to ignore the fact that shiv has like this mini paragraph explaining why he put tomatoes on his eyes yes in the we're going to completely yes, ignore that please. because that joke was terrible was, oh hey, we should no, read that people need it's the explanation shiv. i mean it was it, here it's, it's a pure pun look but he has here. this whole thing about it was yeah, tomatoes no. and nightshade family it, and all sorts as, of crap. As as the feedback community manager, if he wants to put that in feedback next week, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll we will read that. We will read that in feedback next week if he wants to put that in there. It, I will we'll definitely do that. We will definitely address that that elephant in the room that is the full explanation of that pun. I would like to say that it's the hallmark of a good joke that it needs a paragraph's explanation immediately after it. <laughs> obviously, obviously, people listen to the show. Oh, that's cool. And the things you said in chat have me a little scared. <laughs> I saw those nuclear comments. <laughs> oh, I feel like killing everybody tonight. I'm the, I'm the DM. Right. I'm I in feel, charge. I'm a, Everybody's going to die. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Base, and a special thanks well, to Ronald well, Jenkins for his doing? permission. Oh, and I just went right on. I just went right on. I just kept reading. Yeah. <clears throat> You're just uh, pissed off, aren't you? I, I'm I just, worried I just, for you like, guys tonight. Fun, I, I, Tony's in. I'm Tony's I'm in a mood, see, man. I'll tell see you. the end. It's yeah, like I'm in a, a mood. It's like an overloaded truck going <laughs> downhill with exactly. no brakes. <laughs> I think Hitler liked frozen pineapple on his pizza too.